Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Awesome. So what are you living for? We uh, feasted on the word from last week, uh, the teaching. If you want to catch up on it, you can get it on SoundCloud or on our Facebook page. We talked about true revival. And this morning we're going to talk about true repentance. True repentance. And uh, it's funny, uh, Anna opened up this morning. Uh, Anna's on that side now where she got to talk about the, the topic of repentance as well with, with one of her friends. And I got to really uh, shed life and uh, shed light upon the topic, which is also light. Um, so, uh, so or light and life goes hand in hand. But just a few questions before we get into uh, just the message or uh, in, as a way of introduction. Again, asking the question in, in, in this, this whole series is asking and being challenged with this question, what am, what am I living for? What am I living for? What was, a, what was I created for? What's my purpose? These are all questions that the world, the unbelieving world is seeking. They're seeking answers to what is life about? What am I living for? Why am I here? People are asking this question, whether consciously or subconsciously. What's the meaning of life? And as Christians, we need to be confident. We need to have the answer to those questions. Because if someone's asking you a question, why, why are we here? What am I living for? What's my purpose? Why did God create us? Why, why, why? And if we don't have answers, people are not going to be interested in what we're selling them. Right? It's like um, you're selling a product. Say I wanted to sell a bottle of water. And I come to you and like, um, do you want to buy this bottle of water from me? And you're like, why? Like, what's, in, what's special about this? I don't know. Like, it's, it's water. Okay, thank you. I'll maybe go to, the, to, to another place. I'll maybe drink something else. You need to know what you are selling. Why is it important? Why is it valuable? Why is this the answer that the world is looking for? If you don't know, then no one is going to want to come and eat of the, 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 the fruit of your tree. I know it's, it's challenging and it's uncomfortable. But who here wants to grow? Anyone want to grow? Anyone want to grow more into the things of God? Now what is going to come hand in hand with that growth is challenge. Stepping out of your comfort zone. No one grows in a comfort zone. It is impossible to grow by being in a place of comfort. We grow outside of our comfort zone. The Holy Spirit is sent to be our comforter. Meaning that when we are out there, He can comfort us in our uncomfortability. That's probably not a word, but you guys get what I mean. Um, Afrikaans is my first language, so just forgive me. Um, but these are questions we need to consider. What, what, what am I living for? Why am I here? Because the world is asking this. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And it's been awesome to just kind of, throughout the, the, the preparing of this series and just getting into the Word again, like I shared last week, in an encouragement to understand the the... the the, the, the compilation of the Bible, because we need to become students of the Word, not readers of the Word. Some of you have read the Bible back to front, front to back, and maybe more than once in your lifetime. Some of you haven't. That's fine. It's not about whether you've read the Bible back to front, front to back. Do you know the message of the Bible? That is what it's about. Do you know the message of the Bible? Because there were many people in Jesus' time when He was walking the earth 
that knew the, the scriptures. They didn't have the, the gospels and all of that. They knew the scriptures back to front and they could recite it and it's amazing. And you get a lot of other religions that know their books back to front and it's amazing. But what is all of that? Knowledge. What is knowledge to Paul says? Knowledge puffs up. What does puffing up mean? It means pride, self-centeredness. What happens to someone that is full of pride? Pride comes before the fall. And so wherever there's pride, there will be a fall. And Peter also encourages us that when we humble ourselves before God, we can be exalted. But when we prideful, then what is the opposite of exaltation? Fall. And so that's super important for us to understand um, the message of the Bible. It's not just about knowing the Bible and, and knowing these scriptures or those scriptures being able to quote this quote that it's not about that it's knowing the message of the bible like the one song we sang jesus the message of the bible jesus is the message of the bible if you if you go to the bible and you find anything other than jesus there's topics in the bible and even though we we're busy with the series now what are you living for that's just kind of a label but the message of the series is jesus the message of the previous series was Jesus. Every Sunday you're going to get Jesus here at this church. You're not going to get 10 steps to whatever you fill in the blank. You're going to get one step, it's Jesus. And through that one step, you can go and live out maybe some of the other things that you need to live out. But Jesus is the message of the Bible and we need to understand that as we're going to the Bible, we need to understand the compilation of the Bible. Because otherwise we, we just go to it to find wisdom and There's awesome, uh, the word, think about this phrase, no Jesus, N-O, no wisdom, N-O, N-O, Jesus, N-O, wisdom, no Jesus, no wisdom, but K-N-O-W, no Jesus, and K-N-O, you'll have wisdom. So if you don't know Jesus, if, if, if there's no Jesus in your approach to the Bible, you're going to not have any wisdom. But if you, if you focus on Jesus, and James talks about this, that or, uh, we, we see this reference that Jesus has become wisdom for us. And so you've got the wisdom. You've got the Holy Spirit. The wisest source on the face of the, the earth. Infinity, I don't know if that's a proper phrase, but so much greater than Google. So much greater than any course you could ever do. The Holy Spirit, you've got that. You just need to tap into it. Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So you've got authority over creeps. Amen? Good stuff. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over everything that moves upon the earth. Now, there's so much in this passage of Scripture, so much we can draw out of it. Just a few things that I want to draw out from us this morning. We see four components that is captured in this passage of scripture there's identity created in god's image and likeness that's identity the world and 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 satan is continually attacking our identity who are you what were you created for 
We are created in God's image, in His likeness, to enjoy relationship with Him, enjoy fellowship with Him. Then God gave us authority. It's a continual thing that is being attacked on our, uh, 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 in our walk with God. Do we have authority? Do we have the power? Does the power come and go? Like, is it like ESCOM? Like one moment there's power and then it's load shedding. Continually, spiritually speaking, we're being attacked on this matter. Do you have authority? Did you do enough good works this week to be able to ask this of God or, or be able to be used by God this week? God doesn't move because of us. God moves despite us. Praise Him for that fact that He moves despite us, despite our shortcomings, despite our failures. You didn't receive the Spirit of God by your good works. You received it by His grace and you're responding to that. Now you get to operate. You get to be used by God and for Him to move through. So authority and then thirdly, design. We've, we've got a specific design in this world. We've got a specific purpose. And in Genesis now it vaguely kind of talks about this being fruitful. And oftentimes we just think about it in, in the sense of procreation, having children. But that's not all to fruitfulness that God desires for you to have children. What's the point in this world being full of children and being full of people but they don't know God? God's desire isn't just for the earth to be full of people. His desire is for the earth, the people of the earth, to know Him personally. That is true fruitfulness. That is eternal fruitfulness. So if your aim here on earth is just to get married and have kids, man, you're missing the point. Get married, have kids. But ha bring your kids up in the way of the Lord. Show them the love of God. So all of these things are continually being, being challenged and it says that God blessed them and God called them to something. God invited us to partnership. That's amazing. He didn't just say, hey guys, go and figure this out on your own. He said, I will be with you. Jesus, when He sent out the disciples, what did He say? Remember, I will be with you. Go into the world, but I will be with you. You're not alone. I want to do this with you, hand in hand. That is why we call, the church is called the bride of Christ. The intent of that is that Jesus isn't just kind of there, the bridegroom and the bride is there in another room and you're kind of figuring things out. No, we, we're together. We're in this marriage together with Him, co-laboring with Him, bearing fruit together. Man, that in and itself is something to meditate on because, man, we just, we, we so often miss the heart of God and thinking that He's just kind of, He's out there far and, he sent us on this kind of a suicide mission, so to speak, and we just have to go and figure it out. No, He's right there with us, each one of us. Whatever your struggles, whatever your challenges, He's there with you, wanting to walk you through it. But we need to allow Him. It requires humility. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to get to repentance now. Uh, for those of you who are still kind of a little bit OCD and you think about, like, what does this have to do with repentance? We're going to get there. Mark chapter 1, 14 to 15. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What did he do? He was preaching the gospel, okay? And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So there comes the word repent. Okay, so what does this mean? We're going to get to that in a moment. But we need to understand that Jesus was doing something. This is side note. He came in, he was preaching the gospel. What does preaching mean? Preaching means you, you, you're vocal about something. You're sharing something vocally. It's super important for us, and we see this in Romans chapter 10 as well, 
where uh, in verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? By hearing. How do you hear something? When there's talking, when there's noise, that's preaching. So no preaching, no voice, no faith. Some of you aren't getting this. In order for the world to be saved, in order for the people around you to be impacted with the gospel, they need to hear something. Now some of you are thinking, but that's why I put money in the bucket, so the pastor can go out and save the world. <laughs> you guys are funny, eh? That's not, that's not the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is the body of Christ, each member playing a role. In the health of the body. Each member. Super important to understand this. What does the kingdom of God is at hand mean? It means this, Luke chapter 17, 20 to 21. It's awesome how we get to use the Bible, the word of God, to interpret the word of God. We don't use Google to interpret the word of God. We don't use testimonies to interpret the word of God. We don't use experiences to interpret the Word of God. Your testimony can be wrong. Your experience can be wrong. I'm not saying you didn't have an experience, but your experience can be wrong. Your interpretation of why that happened. We need to use the Word of God to interpret experiences. Not experiences to interpret the Word of God. Is this blessing someone because I see a lot of like a kind of blank staring faces. Which is also fine. Like we've learned this that uh, don't just judge an audience or the receptiveness of the audience by the, the most vocal person in the room. You could be the amen person, preacher, etchen, hallelujah, and it means nothing to you. So that's not what we're talking about here. Um, so I'm, I'm sure all of you are experiencing so much and uh, um, receiving so much this morning. I'm prophesying in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke 17, 20-21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Where is the kingdom of God? Within you, the Spirit of God. This is, this is the reality of Christianity. This is the message of the Bible. Jesus what did Jesus accomplish? He accomplished right standing with God. That was just the anointing that Julius and uh, Philip, you guys saw it. Um, they were just busy going out there and it just uh, made some big flames there and they both got a fright and wondering if Jesus was now uh, uh, calling them or something. Burning bush. Um, <laughs> that will go out now. You guys can switch it off if you want to. Um, so, this is the message of the Bible. Jesus, what He accomplished for us, right standing with God in order to have His Spirit live in us. This is the glory of God. Where is the kingdom of God? It is in you, within you. Jesus was the key to the kingdom of God, so to speak. When we receive Him, we receive the kingdom within. As He said in Luke 17, the kingdom of God is within you. So when Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand, He was meaning that I am here and my work, what I came to fulfill, is busy taking place. The gospel of the kingdom interpretation 
what I'm talking about now also explains to us what true repentance is. What do I mean? Let's look at the word repent quickly. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So what we're talking about now, the kingdom of God within you, the, the, the spirit of God within you, this is the, the, the glory of God. Understanding repentance or understanding that will give us understanding to this phrase, repent ye and believe the gospel. Oftentimes we look at the word and, we, and we, when we, we read the word and we think about it very systematically and oftentimes we, we allow our, our upbringing, our language, English, Afrikaans, whatever, Klosa, Shona, to, to almost take away from the Bible because remember the Bible wasn't written originally in English or in Afrikaans. Um, we need to understand that there's, there's sometimes the vocabulary that we're reading in English now, for example, this morning, we can see it systematic. For example, we can see repent ye as one thing, and then because there's an and, we can see believing the gospel is another thing. Right? Do you guys see that? Like, it's like, okay, cool, now I'm going to repent, and then I'm going to believe the gospel. No, but let's, let's break this down and so that we can see what it actually looks like. Um, Mark, you can put that image of the Hebrew on the, on the screen for me quickly. So what does the word repent mean in, in Hebrew? Firstly, Hebrew is uh, um, read and written from right to left. Okay, So the Hebrew word for repentance is teshufa, which is made up of Hebrew letters, tafshin, vavbet, and hai. Those five words over there. Okay, So the first letter tav on the right means cross. Then the last letter, high, is the fifth numerical letter in the Hebrew kind of uh, um, alphabet. Okay, And the fifth letter uh, in, in biblical terms, number five, represents grace. Okay, Now sandwiched between tav, which is the cross, and then high, which is grace, are the letters shin, vav, and bet. And shin, vav, and bet, these three letters form the word shuv, which means to return. Okay, so what do you get if you put all of those together? Because of the cross, return to grace. That is repentance. Look to the cross. That's why these words of Jesus are so important. Repent. Believe the gospel. It's, the same, it's, it's one thing. Repentance repentance, repentance means believing the gospel. Now, this is the awesome thing. Uh, if you look at the cross, what Jesus accomplished was God's desire from the beginning of time in the garden. God's desire for Adam and Eve was to, to choose Him. Choose Him by eating the fruit of eternal life. And they rebelled, they chose their way, their will. And so, like, the, 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 the message of repentance, the gospel, isn't a new thing. We're going to get to that this morning. We're going to get a little bit more into that. So we need to understand repentance isn't a matter of confessing your sins. Repentance is a matter of believing the gospel. Because of what Jesus accomplished for us. Return to His grace. Now, a good question to ask, and it's good to ask questions, is when did the grace of God come onto the scene? When did the grace of God come onto the scene? We're going to answer that question now. Romans chapter 2, let's go there. Romans chapter 2 verse 4. 
True repentance is believing the gospel of the grace of God. In other words, God made a way, just believe His grace. God made a way through Jesus and He's always made a way from the beginning of time. Reconciling, drawing people to Himself. And Jesus was just the, the, the final kind of culmination or, or just the, the, the coming together of God's final call, final uh, making things right so that we can receive. God made a way and He's always made a way. All we need to do is just believe in His grace. We need to change our belief system about life. Repent. Believe the gospel. Believe as, as, as your, your driving force. What is your worldview? What is your belief system? When Jesus uttered these words, repent, believe the gospel, what He was saying, you believe one thing. You believe that the Messiah is going to come in force and He's going to overthrow kingdoms and He's going to do all of these things. Stop it. Believe the gospel. That's something you need to hear this morning. Stop it. Believe the gospel. However that's applicable to you, stop it. Believe the gospel. Repent. Believe in His grace. Believe that He made a way. You don't need to make a way. Stop striving. Stop laboring. Jesus said this in Matthew 11 as well, 28 to 13. He says, Come unto me, all you are labor, heavy laden with religion. You are tired out. Come unto me, I'll give you rest. Stop it. Believe in me. Believe in my rest. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Do the riches of the... The, the Passion Translation. Do the riches of His extraordinary kindness make you take Him for granted and despise Him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding He has been to you? Don't mistake His tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of His extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? This is amazing. Again, everything that Jesus did and accomplished, everything that Jesus stood for was love. And that love's intent is to draw you to Him. From whatever you're busy with, to draw you to Him. That's repentance. Stop what you're doing. It's not a matter of stopping to sin and changing your life around and this and that and next thing. It's a matter of belief. Because as you think in your heart, so your life will be. Whatever you believe in will dictate and shape your life going forward. That's why Jesus said, repent, believe the gospel. Change what you are believing right now and start believing the gospel. Because if you start believing the gospel, your life will be aligned. You'll start bearing fruit. You'll start enjoying life for what I created it to be. God's love and grace is meant to bring about transformation. If we say we've experienced the love of God, but we're not transforming, we're in denial or we're deceived. God's love is intended to bring about transformation. The person that I'm today is a completely different person to the, the person I was 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, last year. Why? Is it because, uh, I'm not even going to use examples because I don't want to use your examples. 
The answer to the why is Jesus, the message of the Bible. It's not about I do. It's not about rituals. It's not about traditions. It's about intimacy. How do I enjoy intimacy with my wife? It's through relationship. It's face to face. It was Facebook at a time. Now it's face to face. <laughs> if you guys don't know the story, don't hold this against me, but we did meet on Facebook. And we had relationship over Facebook for a while. But guess what? When we enjoyed relationship face to face, I never wanted to have relationship with on Facebook again. Jesus, the message of the Bible, face to face. That is his invitation to us. Not through rituals, not through ordinances, face to face. Galatians 5 verse 6. We talked about this in, in the time of uh, praising God. The scripture came, came up. Galatians 5 6 from the Passion. When you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him. Think about this. When you're placed into the anointed one. That's talking about Jesus. If you've received Christ, you've been placed into him. Him in you. You join to Him. 1 Corinthians 6.7 says that He that is joined unto the Lord has become one spirit with Him. Say one. It doesn't mean two. One means one. In whatever language you want to look at it. You've received God's spirit. You are one spirit with Him now. You don't have two spirits. You've got one spirit if you've received these. You had a different spirit. You had a contrary spirit. You had a spirit that was full of sin and your nature was by default to sin. But your nature has changed. You might still be sinning, but that's not because you've got a sinful nature. It's because you've got a problem between your ears, your thinking, your belief system. When you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you something. What does nothing mean? Zero. Nada. Nix. Circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in faith. That is activated and brought to perfection by love. Brought to perfection by what? Circumcision brought to perfection by religious ordinances? No. Brought to perfection by love. Face to face. Religion says do. Grace says believe. Grace says receive. And I know it seems maybe too simple. That's the problem often with us. We want the complicated things. We want, we want it to sound complicated and fancy and this and that and the next thing. And we want a light show and want to feel a goosebump and a tingle. And otherwise we think that ah, this, this, is not, this is not it. It's simple. Jesus, the message of the Bible. So I ask the question, when did the grace of God come onto the scene? Hebrews 4, 1-4. It's important to understand what is true repentance because if we understand what is true repentance, we'll understand and we'll be able to choose the things that we're living for in this life. And we're asking this question every Sunday in the series, what are you living for? Hebrews 4, 1-4, when did the grace of God come onto the scene? God's promise of entering His rest still stands. 
So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news, that God has prepared this rest. Say rest. Okay, so this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was with them. Who was them? The, 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 the people that was before. Okay, specifically uh, the, the, the Hebrews, the Israelites. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So there's a response required. They heard something. We see this in the, the parable. Jesus talks about the wise man building his house on the rock. There were two men. Both heard the teaching. Both heard the word. One responded. One didn't respond. Whether you respond or not will mean whether you are wise or a fool. By default, I'm not calling you a fool. But your response will determine whether you'll be a fool or whether you'll be wise. Who here wants to be wise? Who here wants to enjoy wisdom? Guess what? It's going to require you to respond. Respond positively. Respond with action. Hearing something and then doing something with what you are hearing. been announced to us just as it was with them but it did them no good because it didn't share the faith of those who listened to God for only we who believe can enter his rest as for the others God said in my anger I took an oath they will never enter my place of rest even though this rest has been ready since he made the world when was it ready since he made the world from the beginning of time what is this rest that he's talking about we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures. What's the scriptures? Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. Right? It's important to understand when we see the word scriptures come up in the New Testament, it's not talking about the Gospels. It's not talking about the, the, the epistles. Um, it's not talking about the letters of, of Paul, Romans, and, and Ephesians. It's talking about the Old Testament. It's important to understand this in our, in our Bible study. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. Where was this? In Genesis. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Now, I did a, a message completely on this a while back now on, on this, this specific rest. And we're not going to get into that specifically this morning. Um, but I just want to draw out a few things in light of, of this message that's been available, that's been Proclaimed from the beginning of time, the rest of God. We were created as human beings, we were created for rest. We were created from a place of rest, so to speak. Why? Because God rested. And on the seventh day, when God rested, question I want to ask you did He go back to work the following day? It was a trick question. Philip, you failed that one. That's fine. You responded. That's, that's perfect. It was a 50 50. Could have been yes, it could have been no. You were bold enough to answer. The rest of you were cowards. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> it's a positive spin on your response, Philippa. God didn't go back to work because He completed something. He completed a rest for us to enjoy. Man rebelled. What happened? Work, performance, striving, sweating. But this rest God created for us. From the beginning of time, where is this rest found? In His love. 
intimacy. All Adam and Eve and every human being ever since need to do is believe. Repent and believe the gospel. Because if you repent and you believe the gospel, what you are living for will be in line with your design and your purpose. And guess what? You will live a full, satisfied life. Every human being on this earth wants to live a full, satisfied life. But guess what? You won't live a full, satisfied life if you're not living within your design, within your purpose. God created you to experience His love, to live from a place of His love. Because His love is a place of rest. We all, all we need to do is believe that God is good. And despite all our failures, all our rebellion, He doesn't change. God is faithful even when we're not. God is faithful to keep His word even when we're not. What are the T's and C's? Believe in Him. Believe the gospel of the kingdom of God. No striving, no confession of sins, no changing your life, not even turning from sin. That's not what repentance is. Repentance is because of Jesus, the cross, believe in His grace. Which isn't something that was new. It wasn't something that came onto the scene when Jesus was born. It was something that was there from the beginning of time. The grace of God is God's nature. His nature has never changed. It's been the same from the beginning of time, and it will be this, the same through all of eternity. God is a God of love, a God of grace, who desires for us to experience His love and His goodness. If we're not enjoying a life of rest, then we're not living for what we were destined to live for. Now that is a loaded statement. If we're not enjoying a life of rest, and consider this for yourselves. Ask this. Am I enjoying a life of rest? If you're not, it's most likely because you're not living within what you were designed for. Repentance is just, isn't just a matter of being born again. This is super important because oftentimes we, we consider repentance as this, this thing of when we, when we receive Christ, when we... When we responded to His grace. And yes, that's, that's a big part of it. Repent, believe the gospel. Repent, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're believing and, and believe the gospel. That, that, is, that is when we receive the Spirit of God and we, we, we enter into a right relationship with Him, so to speak. But every day for the rest of our lives, we're going to get the opportunity to repent. Repent meaning, consider what we believe and ask ourselves the question, is what I'm believing in line with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is what I'm believing in line with what God has created and destined me for? That is repentance. So repentance is not just a once-off decision, but it's a daily decision of choosing what you are believing and how you are building that belief system. Because this world is wanting to push us into a direction daily, constantly. Social media, uh, television, all of these things, our peers, culture, politics, everything wants to push us and form our lives, form our belief system. So daily we're going to have to repent. 
and choose what do you believe? Is what you believe in line with the gospel of the grace of God? If it's not, don't think you're going to live a full satisfied life. Don't think that your problems are going to go away. And even if you believe on Jesus, your problems might still not go away. I know that's uh, something you, you don't want to hear. Never once did Jesus say, believe in me and I'll take your problems away. Surprise. We, we love to amen when it's like a, whoo, it's a, it's a feel good, it's making my flesh feel good. But when it's about persecution and invitation to, to persevere through trials and tribulations, you're like, <laughs> man, the troubles, the problems we face, we can persevere and push through them. When what we are believing and what we are living for is in line with the Word of God and His design for us. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at gracelife.co or visit us at gracelife.co.